G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with the AFL Fantasy podcast that tries not to talk about the superstars because we've got Ben Keys in our, in our podcast quite often. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we focus on the lesser knowns and the players that are going to be the point of differences in your Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you going, mate? Hef, I'm very, very good. I can't believe you got like three seconds into the intro and you want to talk about Ben Keys. Yeah, I know. It's a, I've turned a leaf, haven't I? I've really worked. You've like, really changed. You've he really is 2G4P, so I was actually debating whether we should actually speak <laughs> about him because uh, he is too good for the podcast. But like I said, we, we make exceptions every now and then. Then I should actually send him a text and congratulate him <laughs> on his um, 2G4P status. I've still got his number in my phone, so I don't know. I think he'd appreciate that, actually. I'm sure he would. He got seven coaches <laughs> votes on the uh, on the weekend last week. So, you know, he's really, really coming on. After we did the interview, I was kind of texting back and forth just saying, thanks for coming on, mate. And he's like, no worries. Um, let me know. I said, I look forward to getting 2G4P status again this season. So, he actually acknowledged it and uh, he was pretty happy to uh, Better let him get it. So, I might send him a text and let him know, see if he replies, see what happens. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, time for another podcast. Round six. There were some huge scores in round six. And speaking of huge scores, mm-hmm. the Oracle, your mm-hmm. keeper league team in our home league, not mm-hmm. much chop, yep. had a 20, score 2050. <coughs> yes. This is a 12 team keeper league where we mm-hmm. have squads of 32 and you scored 2050. That's a league record. Uh, league record. Super pumped about it. Um, Who was your biggest performer? Um, I think Jack was, McRae, Jack McRae was captain. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, so I had nine guys score 100. So yeah. McRae 159. Uh, who else we have? Keys 156 and Lockie Ash 146. Uh, Heppel and Mills both 142. Salem 141. Parker 105. Ainsworth 105. Sinclair 110. Uh, the worst score for me was bloody Liam Duggan with 40. He didn't. He just didn't come to play on the weekend. So. Oh. Um, and what's even better, I had Luke Jackson on my bench who scored 100 too. So, so you couldn't even loop him on. Couldn't even loop him on. Well, well we. Callum Sinclair already did the job oh, with 110. But, 110, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, ridiculous week. I think looking at the stats from the AFL website, I think I had six of the top 15 players on the weekend in well, my we. side. Well, start, in stark contrast, I had my biggest score actually for the for the year <laughs> yes. and I lost by one point. <laughs> really? One point? <laughs> yeah, one point to a guy who had three injuries on the field as well. So, uh, yeah, I just couldn't catch a trick. So, what was your high score of the, le- of the oh no, 15-43? Yeah, that's, so that's that was my score high score of the, of the uh, I couldn't even tell you who my best score was. Probably, I think it was Jake Lloyd and Jack Steele. I think they both had 110 or around that. So, that's just every week. They're my only two good scores. But uh, yeah, look, my team's on the improvement. improvement. I worked out I have 10 injured players, 11 if Blakey doesn't pull up mm. this week. So, mm. that makes life a bit tough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it, fantasy. That's fantasy. It is fantasy. And, you know, saying that, I've still got Rory Sloan and Matty Rowe to come back into my side too. You're going to be- go if he feels like playing good football. You're going to be a force to reckon with come the end of the season, but need you to keep pick, healthy. you've picked the wrong time of the year to get hot. I know I from know. experience, there's plenty Just of teams that look this good now and uh, seem to fall away at the end. But yeah. anyway, enough about a home league because that's boring and no one actually cares about it. So, <laughs> let's talk about, I guess we better talk about this ice cold remedy kombucha we've got right now. Dry out the freezer. I left it in the freezer for probably a little bit too long actually no on reflection it's actually no. just perfect there's a shard of ice down the middle of it but it's, it's crisp and ice cold so I highly recommend I think that was about an hour and a half in the freezer so remedy iceberg you can't beat that <laughs> it's not too bad uh, but yeah if you want to get some remedy for yourself uh, head to remedydrinks.com.au slash sorry let me say this right for a change remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and use the coupon or discount code keeper20 to get yourself 20% off 
and free shipping. But uh, sorry, you're shaking your no, head. No, no, it's just such a lovely cola. Yeah, the, I don't know. I've got a. Uh, I've just opened a fresh box of it, and we've actually got another two boxes of cola to go. Thanks. Uh, some people might have seen my um, my tweet last week and my Instagram uh, live story that we had seven new boxes rock up on our doorstep last week without even asking. So the that's wall nice of remedy. Room. Actually, there's three boxes, three and a half boxes there of cola still left to go. So I don't know if we're going to get through this by the end of the season. We need to have a party. We may have to. Maybe we need to give some away as a you know, prize or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably a good idea. We'll think about that. Uh, but yeah, while we're talking about uh, sponsors, uh, thanks Zambreros for looking after the listeners. Um, they're giving away two free vouchers to our listeners each week. So if you want to get involved in that, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero and uh, yeah, sign up and you could be the lucky winner of two burrito uh, vouchers each week. But uh, look, we'll announce another winner tonight. So congratulations to Ben Schmidt from Aldinga Beach in the lovely South Australia down Beautiful. south. Spot. Down south, isn't it? Beautiful spot Adelaide. of Adelaide, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, good uh, good work with that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for signing up. And if you guys want to um, get involved and win yourself some burritos too, head to our website and sign up. But anyways, Kays, let's get stuck into the podcast. All right, into the round. Rewind, Kays, you had a look at the first match of the round, GWS versus Western Bulldogs. And what a win by the Bulldogs it was. But uh, we'll start off with the Giants' side. Uh, Lockie Ash, 146 points. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, is he a player. Uh, his second ton for the year, only in his second year of footy. Uh, I think you kind of forget that. But he had 35 touches and 15 marks, absolute fantasy gold. What I just saw all night was that the Giants were looking for him every opportunity out of that back line. Even there was one stage, Tim Taranto had a mark like on the halfback flank and like He's a very good player. He could have just kicked the football. He actually looked for Lockie Ash to give the hands too. So, um, going at 83% by foot too, uh, very, very good stats. So, look, for me, he is a long-term defender. Like, he looks like so settled into that back line um, along with his teammate there, Isaac Cumming. I think they those two could easily be the next big thing um, off the half-back line and, and a fantasy back line as well. Like, yes, Lockie Whitfield will come back into that side at some stage who could disrupt the flow, but I think Whitfield will probably be more up the ground, I think, because it seems that Ash and coming of that back line kind of sorted out so nicely. So, um, I think both Ash and coming are two guys you want to get and get quickly. Yeah, I think with um, with Whitfield coming in, he'll most likely be used up on a wing because they don't really need him back there no. um, because they have um, – I'm drawing a mental blank They have week. two Whitfields back there. No, no, they've got, they've got um, another – Perryman. God, yes. Harry Perryman. I'm just really draw, drawing blanks uh, at the moment. Could be the uh, whole day I've spent in front of my computer preparing the pod because we had a big uh, <laughs> yeah. weekend in terms of social events. Um, so, yeah, Perryman's back there too at the moment as well. So, I don't think they're going to need him in the back line. So, yeah, and Wiff yeah. was such a good user of the ball. He's like better for their side if he's up the ground. So Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's what we want. Yep. Uh, Isaac Cumming, the other one, 102. Uh, so, the other half of the halfback duo at the Sun, uh, the Giants. So, look, he was also very good. Just not as slutty as Lockie Ash, but there's still a lot to like about him. But the thing I like about Cumming is, one, he's the, the kick-out taker of that side. But he's a bit more of a scrapper as opposed to Ash. And I mean that in like he, he lays a few more tackles, uh, does a bit more, you know, real tough football stuff. Whereas um, Ashley seems to be that, you know, the, the quarterback and the, the cleaner kind of player. But uh, I think Isaac Cummings in for a very good uh, career as well and looking very, very comfortable at the level at the moment. Uh, last one for the Giants. Sam Taylor, interesting one. 78 points from him. Now, we have seen the bump in some key forwards and key backs this year, obviously. But uh, Sam Taylor could be one to start looking at. He's very young, uh, but a very, very good player. 
He's averaging 72 in his last four games um, and has taken his game to the next level this season. Had 17 touches and eight marks on the weekend. Uh, he's a very nice intercept grab, got really strong hands. He could be a possible streamer option, especially when the Giants have tougher sides. His two best scores this year have come against the Dogs and the Demons, who are obviously up the top of the ladder. And now that Nick Haynes went off injured on Friday night, potentially he's one who can kind of slide into a bit more of the, the attacking uh, intercept defender back there. So um, I reckon there's something there. So just kind of monitor him over the next few weeks. Yeah, he just seemed like he was everywhere on the nine. Like he was just on the getting on the end of all those marks, um, those intercept grabs as well. So um, yeah, he just kept popping up and really, I don't know one of the one of the first games he really took notice of him. I think mm. I know he's put up some good scores, but you kind of saying, <coughs> thought, hang on, this guy can play. So, yeah, I think yeah. it was a real fantasy eye catcher. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, for yeah. me. Uh, onto the dogs, Aaron Norton had eighty four. And now this is what I loved about this. I'm a Norton owner, so I kind of take a bit more notice. But like, you know how I think he's going to be a good long-term fantasy scorer is because on Friday, he had a game where he didn't even look good and he still put up a pretty decent number. So, you know, some young key forwards need everything to go right. They basically need to kick five goals or have 10 marks or six tackles or something. He just had his 13 touches, kicked two goals, three, uh, had nine marks there, which is the key. But he just can produce that kind of game pretty regularly. Like it wasn't a standout game. And if you're getting 84 from, um, you know, a an average game for a, uh, for a forward. I think that's really, really good. So, 68 has been his lowest score for the year. 85 is his average. I think he's almost getting into 2G4P. Yeah, I don't mind true. that. 2G4P for Norton. But definitely, I think Ash as well. We forgot to mention that. He's probably 2G4P as well. Second year, I want to see one more big ton out of Lockie Ash. <laughs> he's going to get it. Like, yeah. it's not... It's just going to happen. Sure, if you want to wait a week, well, you delay the inevitable. I'd like to wait one more week. You just want to talk about it for one more yeah, week. that's correct. Yeah, all right, fine. Uh, but yeah, let's get rid of, let's get rid of the naught. Uh, Hayden Crozier, 79, another super solid game. Uh, always harp on about how much I love him just because it's so he's so consistent. And honestly, if you are in flag contention, uh, he's someone you want to get because he's as safe as government bonds. Um, you know, one of the guys who's kind of could almost sneak your way into your keeper set at the end of the year if you do need a, you know, a reliable 80 average defender. Um, still, I think he's 26, 27, so still got plenty of good footy in him. But uh, look, these are the guys you need to start targeting if you have realised that your window is opening up because it uh, just doesn't put in a bad game. Is he ever going to be 2G4P? Uh, I don't know. Just He's only played a couple games, he, so he needs a few more. He teeters on the edge. He teeters, balls. but he's almost like a, he's a podcast hero yeah. because, you know, he's always around that mark. Yeah, it could be in the Hall of Fame one day. One guy that's definitely not going anywhere is Jason Johannesson. 54 points from him. Uh, he's genuinely become become unstartable in your sides. He's gone 55, 44, 41, and 54 in his last four games. So, I don't know about me, you have, but I've always got in my head that he's like a, an elite player. But, like, his best ever average was 82 in a season. Now... You could potentially just go, oh, buy low on him, but I don't think there's much worth because he's one that could easily be dropped from that side. Uh, a lot of others have gone past him. Uh, he's got a name, but he's just completely lost the form. You know, like if you're tossing up, do I want Johannesson on what he potentially could do one game or do I want Crozier, who I know what I'm going to get? I'd be taking someone like Crozier every day. It's funny because we looked at him pretty closely in the preseason when we did the uh, Western Bulldogs podcast and we analysed their team. And I actually said I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he did get dropped. And then I kind of retracted that because I thought that was a bit, a bit of a harsh. But then he ended up – he missed round one due to being dropped, didn't he? He didn't well, play around one, yeah. Yeah, was he injured or was he? he was, no, I think he had to work his way back into the yeah, side. Yeah, same. So, yeah, and, and it actually come to fruition. But we also did say that he plays his best footy when Western Bulldogs are up and about and when they're making finals and playing finals. Well, that's different this year because mm. the Western Bulldogs are up and about and he is not scoring the same way. So, 
maybe, yeah, you know, the game has gone past, well, the fantasy game anyway yeah. has gone past JJ. Well, you've seen someone like Bailey Dale and even like Taylor Jaray who are playing better footy than him yep. um, and being aggressive and attacking and, and giving them something and Rez Johannes is just kind of floating around. So, uh, a real conundrum if you do own him, I don't think you can get anything for him, but um, you know, just be a bit wary if you can loophole him, potentially go for that going forward. But uh, yeah, almost unstartable now. Just a quick mention. Surely, Hef, it's Paddy Lipinski yeah. season now. Dunks is gone, unfortunately. So, Josh, uh, Lin Jong, who I don't know why he came in anyway, but uh, he's now gone. It's Paddy Lipinski time. Knocked out at 130 or something in the VFL on the weekend, 35 touches. Just said Bevo. Pick me next week and put me in the guts. Do you think he comes in and just plays his role straight away? Or do you reckon there's some shuffling of the chess I think pieces? there'll be some shuffling. Like we see a lot. Uh, Lockie Hunter was playing very like forward on the yep. weekend. So, maybe he kind of comes back into a Or does Bailey Smith, or Smith go, go inside in. and yeah. then does Hunter come up to the wing and yeah. then Lipinski goes up forward? I plays think, Hunter's role. I think uh, I'm still happy to have shares in Lipinski as a forward because yeah. I still think he can score very well. Um, hopefully, he can get some DPP if that's the case. But look. They've somehow managed to mix all those good players in together. And yes, Smith and Hunter's scoring has been down a bit. But, you know, we kind of thought maybe Dunkley's scoring would drop. But he's gone bananas. McRae's gone bananas. Bont's gone bananas. So, Mm. I think there is – the way that they play, I think – um, you can pretty safely say that Lipinski will still be a pretty good scorer this year. Yeah, I'd be happy if I owned him, that's for sure. Especially with the Dunks being out, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. big time. But, uh, yeah, I think he's not that – uh, highly owned. So well, even though he was he qualified for the Wavewire podcast that we recorded today. So wow, yeah, yeah, get him yep. in now. Hef, next game. Uh, I think you watch this uh, one. This, actually. Yeah, sorry, it's the Cats yeah. versus the Eagles. Uh, wow, what an absolute shellacking the Cats got. Uh, sorry, the Eagles got on uh, on Saturday. Looking at the Cats, Tommy Atkins, 105 points from him. Uh, Atkins as a defender has been an interesting move, but it's one that's definitely paying off and is helping his career. He's playing some really solid footy back there. Uh, 22 touches, nine marks and six tackles, which is one of the things that we know he can always do. So good to see him finally getting some, uh, you know, a good amount of touches too. So uh, I was a bit hot and cold on him, but uh, look, he's 25 years old, so he's definitely in his prime. And if he wants to deliver the times now, he's got that role, the fantasy friendly role and he's you know, playing good footy as well. So, he's definitely locked into that best 22 in that spot. And look, 72% owned as that back forward DPP. He could be more than handy bench backup uh, coming into the final. So, um, or coming into later start the part of, part of the season, sorry. So, if you are around the mark, he's maybe one something you want to have a look at getting into because um, potentially doesn't have the name of some of the other, um, you know, backs or forwards or the, or the DPP. So, maybe have a look at Tommy Atkins. Uh, Jack Henry, 99 points from him. Career best game, 19 touches 10 marks and a goal went by 95% by foot which is incredibly good but uh, look it's not happening every every week no. um, he's that key back but he has shown some run and dash when he needed but uh, look, looking at his other numbers uh, this is a bit of a tip of the cap game Jack Mark O'Connor 88 points from him as a tagger, Mark O'Connor has really shown some fantasy relevancy. Look, it's tough to know when you're, when you're tagging when someone's going to go well or not, but as that um, back option, he's very, very handy if you can loophole. Now, obviously, he did his hammy late in the game, which is unfortunate for the Cats and um, owners of him. But Do we know I how think, long he's going to be out for yet? Uh, not yet. I think yeah. we'll find out tomorrow. But yeah. uh, look, I think maybe he, he'll obviously drop in ownership. So, maybe just uh, have a little black book for him when he comes back around and he might be an 
astute pickup off the waiver wire maybe in a month or so if he does uh, have, a, have a few weeks out with this injury. Now, what about the Eagles case? Did you actually manage to find anyone of relevance to actually talk about this week? Uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, if you want to know how dirty the day was for the Eagles, uh, two players scored over 80. Andrew That's, Gaff yeah. had 94. Three and Jack Darling had eighty four. Why couldn't they put up this when Port played them? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, Port, Port and uh, the Eagles always have good games. Yeah, true. Playing them over there is probably a bit different than playing them at home too. But anyway, yeah, I don't know keep, what's going on with the Eagles. On. The Eagles interstate is bad news. Um, but yeah, look, if we're going to talk about someone, we as I've mentioned, Jack Darling, eighty four. Um, similar kind of game as to what I was talking about with Norton before. Look. Didn't really dominate, but still is scoring really well. Um, what do you have? Uh, eight marks, one goal, two, uh, 12 touches, and still put up a nice number of 84. He's averaging 76 this year. Um, he would have been a nice a nice late pickup for a few coaches this year. And look, the Eagles are going well. So I think he's one you could potentially look at trading in if you're going well. Um, you know, you know what you're going to get. You know, if you can bank in a 76 from your F4, F5 each week, go for it. Uh, I suppose the other one to touch on is Alex Witherden. He had 75 points, um, 18 touches, eight marks, zero tackles, which is a bit uh, concerning, and that might be his issue long-term in this side. I think um, Simo would want someone who can, you know, lay some tackles. Zero is not a good stat, especially <laughs> when you get done by 100 points. Yep. Um, look, he was one of their best in a bad day, and, and uh, but look, it's just showing that he's got a, a pretty – high floor which is good so um, if that's his worst then that's uh, not too bad it's just the job security that's going to make yeah, coaches sweat that's for sure correct anyway we'll move on to Gold Coast versus Sydney so one I actually watched um, Nick Holman starting off so Nick Holman used to be a bit of a joke in our league uh, someone kept him when he was barely fantasy relevant <laughs> at all like most people in the league hadn't even heard of his name before yeah. so we thought that was pretty funny when you only keep 16 but you know since then he's actually Become almost, yeah, a best 22 player most weeks. Yeah. Um, and yeah. sometimes he puts up good scores, a few and far between. But he had 135 on the weekend. Um, he's playing up forward, so he kind of floats between back and forward, kind of just plays different roles. But what I saw on the weekend looks similar to Darcy McPherson's role from the first few rounds, that kind mm. of high, high forward that they kind of use as an avenue to goal um, a bit more often. And he was taking kind of a few, like, marks across the um, perimeter as well. And, you know, when Sydney would kick it out quickly, he was kind of generally the end of a few marks there as well. Mm. So that was kind of a fantasy conducive role in the place was playing but it's Nick Holman so you just can't get excited but I think he has had two pretty reasonable scores in a row now so he laid a heap of tackles as well on the weekend I yeah think, and Gold yeah. Coast are the best fantasy scoring team at the moment in terms of spread right. of points I think interesting I think well, they're up there so it's probably just to do with um, Jack Bowes getting 140s every <laughs> second week but uh, yeah look they're still going okay so um, yeah I don't mind him Oh, so I wouldn't want to start him, but if you own him, he might be a good little loophole option at the moment because if, if he's got the potential to put up scores like that, he could go okay. Agreed. Uh, ben Ainsworth finally had a good game. So, he had 105 oh points and I think he was in your team that put you over 2,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well done there. Uh, a few goals you saw him get there. He kicked three. So, I like him, but I think Gold Coast needs to be winning for him to score well. I think this is the issue. So, when they're up and about, he tends to be up and about. But I think yeah. Stewie Drew must have given him a rocket during the week because his name was being mentioned to being dropped and surprisingly they dropped. I thought he was going to get dropped and yeah. they dropped that uh, McPherson over him. But yeah. obviously the, the shake-up kind of uh, put him in some good form. But yeah, it's uh, hopefully this is the turnaround and the, the shake-up he needed to actually start delivering on his fantasy prowess. Maybe Stewie Drew needs to do that a bit more often, uh, though. I feel like he would give a few rockets here and there. Anyway. 
Uh, ben King, he had 95 points, so the big fella had a day out, kicked five goals. Um, wouldn't be expecting this every week, but I think it's just good signs for the future that he mm-hmm. could become a handy scorer. I was at Rankin at 82 points, and he's actually getting a little tiny bit of midfield time. So we flagged this as a possibility earlier in the year in the podcast rankings, one of those episodes. Um, I think I had him probably in the top 30, which was probably a bit higher for forwards. But yeah, we flagged that he could get some midfield time. But look, 82 points, kicked two goals to get there. Might not be a few years away from him being relevant. Uh, can you see him ever going an 80 average or above case? 80 average he can get to. Yeah, one day. Yeah. yeah, so I don't mind him, but you'll just be hanging on for a while, I think, before he gets there, that's mm-hmm. all. And Jai Farah or Farah, there's been a few uh, arguments over how to Farrah. pronounce that. I don't nice. know. If you're South Australian, you'd say Farah, but if you're Victorian or- you know, I would say, say Farah. Farah. Yeah, I reckon it's Farah. Anyway, um, 74 points. Uh, just followed Heaney around the ball all day, basically, and just got on the end of a few kicks and touches from there. Um, he's had two good scores in a row now, though. So, I don't love his role for fantasy scoring because, like, I don't know. You can see him. He's kind of locking down on a few players and he's kind of just kind of running off them and getting a few touches. But I think sometimes he might have to play a bit more defensive. Mm -hmm. So he's just one to consider because you can't really ignore the back-to-back good scoring. That's all. Anyway, move on to some Sydney players, and they had a dirty day, but there was still some good fantasy scoring in there. Um, Callum Sinclair had 110 points, and he was my waiver wire pickup of the week last mm-hmm. week because he was the number one ruck with Hickey out, essentially. Um, 54 uh, hitouts against a ruckless Gold Coast. So you won't be expecting those every week, but you know, even if he just gets like 25 hitouts, you're still going to get an 85 from him You know, in that respect. Yeah. So I like him at the moment just because there's no real other option at Sydney, so he should hold his spot until Hickey's fit anyway. Uh, Chad Warner had 93 points. Is he too good for the podcast case? He's- very, very good. Is he too good? Uh, no one's. Is, is anyone trading him? No. Is, or is he a trade high option at the moment, or is he genuinely? The no. thing is, he's got four status at the moment. I mm. think in ultimate footy, he does have in uh, classic. In ultimate, yeah. yeah, he does have in ultimate. Um, yeah, I not with four status, but he'll be mid only next year. So probably not. If he's, he needs to kind of be a bit more consistent, if he's going to be mid only, is the he future. a guy that you'd be happy to keep? Yeah. As a mid only going into next yeah, year I'd as well, you probably would, yeah, because he's got so much. Like you know, underage fantasy scoring, mm-hmm. he's got that tick. Uh, he's got a nice fantasy friendly role. It's just the maturity that needs to be be more consistent. So in his second year, he's playing good. Footy. I reckon he's two G. I'm take him. him. I'm getting rid of him. Uh, Oliver Florin, he had ninety points playing on the wing. He had a good game, and his role isn't bad for fantasy scoring. But he's just a player that is so up and down. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying he's getting dropped or anything this week, but Dylan Stevens is knocking down the door in the twos, and I reckon there's a few of these outside players that Florin. Uh, uh, Golden, um, McInerney when he's in there. Um, I reckon there's a few players that might just be a little bit nervous of Dylan Stevens just powering through. I might be lucky then because I think that Georgie Hewitt is out next week. Okay. Uh, concussion or something like that. So that kind of gets rid of one of those, you know, midfielders in that side that might get your boy Dylan Stevens back in. But uh, I think they really like Florent though. I don't think his job security is ever too shaky. It's just his fantasy or his consistency fantasy-wise is just the, the issue, I think. Yeah, well, I hope Dylan Stevens gets in one way or another. But uh, look, James Rowbottom is another player that people are pretty keen to see him back and he had 83 points. First game back, straight back in the midfield. I don't think it's going to be long before he's too good for the podcast. Um, he's definitely a talent. He just needs to get that fantasy scoring up and about. This season, I think he's had two scores above 80 so far. So, I think he's going okay. He just kind of needs to extend that a little bit further and he should be okay. All right, moving on to Carlton versus Brisbane Lions now. So, 
Let's get into Harry Mackay. He had 118 mm. points, uh, kicked six goals, and he has the ability to do this. See, he had 137 points against Fremantle a few weeks ago where he kicked a few goals as well. I think he's a good loophole option for now. Um, I'd be worried about starting him every week, but definitely one to have on your side as a loop, especially when uh, Carlton do get kind of well. Traditionally, have got a few earlier games in the week, um, the Thursdays, Fridays, and you know Saturday Arvos and things like that. So mm. now with rolling lockouts, um, you should be have more opportunities to loophole him at the moment. So I don't mind uh, yeah, him as an option just as loophole. I wouldn't want to start him in the field, but loophole is decent. 72% owned is uh, quite low, I think, for someone who's put up some big numbers as Has well. Has the potential to put up big numbers, yeah. for sure. 23, I love. I like Harry McKay a lot. Uh, Jake Wiedering, he had 93 points. Uh, just a tip of the cap. I wouldn't be considering him, but you know, good work with a nice score. Uh, Sam Petrescu-Seaton, uh, 80 points. Halfback role that he usually plays. Just side was restricted, so I reckon this was just a bit of a flowing effect from that. Uh, he's definitely got the game to be a good scorer. Just too far down the pecking order in that defense at Carlton. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, he he needs a different role to be a bit more relevant. Yeah, he needs a wing or a half even, forward role or something. Even yeah. in real footy, like yeah. what he's doing right now is just it just seems like a waste of his talent. Yeah, I agree. They need to do something with him because um yeah, he's not producing enough consistently for them. Uh then moving on to some Brisbane players. So Oscar McInerney had eighty points. He's still not two G four P because we haven't he hasn't put a consistent run together yet. He's just uh, you know, eighty points, then forty, then eighty, then forty, and just that uh, every week. So hopefully he can get a decent run without, you know, doing that ankle or anything and put up some decent scores. Um there's Tom Fullerton's carving the in the twos. So I don't know if they'll use him structurally because I don't know if he works out for them better or worse especially when they've got Danaher and he put up forward but mm. he's just knocking down the door at the moment the two so he had a big, another big game on the weekend so if he does come in that could impact McInerney scoring but I just don't see him coming in just yet that's all uh, Eric Hipwood had 78 points not something I'd pick in AFL Fantasy but he's averaging 73 over the past three weeks um, let's just monitor because if he continues this he could be like good bench cover but he probably comes back to earth very soon next week he'll probably have a 20 or something I think playing Port next week as well actually no he carves up against us he just causes us nightmares so he'll probably go big next week actually uh, but Devin Robertson he had 75 points and he was just rotating the, through the midfield and playing at Ford as well kicked two goals um, he could see a midfield bump with Neil out this week um, and he's got awesome fantasy history as a junior so I like him as an option he's part of my team one of my few shining lights out of my draft at the moment so uh, yeah I'm backing him to be a good fantasy scorer but I'm also backing him to have a little bit of a bump over the next few weeks with Neil out that's for sure Alright, I'll do three in a row, okay, as I'll keep burning three days. Keep rolling on, uh, you're doing such a good job. Melbourne versus Richmond's next. Uh, Luke Jackson, you could tell who had the who could watch footy on Saturday and who couldn't and who could watch <laughs> footy on Sunday and who couldn't. But anyway, uh, Melbourne versus Richmond. Um, Luke Jackson, uh, 100 points. So he was playing his kind of uh, ruck forward role. Um, played it well uh, too. Found the footy, had 18 possessions and had five marks, kicked two goals and had 12 hitouts as well. So with Melbourne performing so well, I just think he's a good option up forward while he kind of transitions into being the number one ruck one day for Melbourne. You're a big fan of him. I'm um, a big fan. What do you think of him as an option going forward? He's, uh, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. I, you, what I love about like, someone like Luke Jackson is just how easily he gets around the ground and how good he is at below his feet. And, you know, like he's a he's kind of like a Tim English kind of mould where at the moment uh, Jackson's not actually winning a heap of taps because he's still quite scrawny in that. But, like, he works hard. Um usually takes a few good intercept marks each game, that kind of thing. The ruck forward DPP is just an absolute dream for coaches this year too. Um, but yeah, I think I said it last week, like if you need someone, if, you're, if your rucks are kind of on the decline, maybe you've got Goldstein or fuck, who knows, like Wits or something like that, like target someone like Luke Jackson because like, yes, this year it might be a bit up and down, but you know in a year or two you're going to have someone who's going to be a genuine long-term gun. 
yeah, he's going to be around for a long time and he's kind of shown that he plays the right style of game for being a good fantasy scorer, especially if you can maintain that forward role um, mm-hmm. going forward. You'd be pretty handy with that, happy with that. If you can get to, you know, someone like Ron Marshall, who often has the forward status, yeah. it's super handy to have. Correct. Um, Alex Neil Bullen, next player, 93 points. Uh, he was playing a wing kind of high half forward role and he played it well. He two goals from free kicks, which helped him. Um, had a couple of good scores this year now, but he, and he does has actually gone under the 60 mark this year. I just don't know if I'd trust him to put him on the field at the moment. Mm. Or just at, you know, this point in time, he's a good bench a cover though. So if he's available in your league, I'd recommend getting him just for that. But I don't know. I want to see more to trust him. That's all. Yeah, definitely. I I, I agree. He just never someone who you can always trust. But you know, saying that if he hasn't gone under sixty, that's a big tick. Yeah, um, it's trustworthy, I guess. Yeah, but like you know what I mean. It's just like what kind of bracket is that? You know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one like that. But look, they're obviously playing really well. He's playing really well as well. And, um, you know, the forwards are getting on the end of a few goals. So, look, he might be one you'd look at, especially if you do need a bit of cover in that forward line. Um, chase someone like Neil Bullen. Now, have we made Stephen May too good for the podcast? Oh, uh, we should. I think we should. He had 90 points on the weekend, you know. He uses the ball by foot like all the time. He just kicks. So, so good at football. Yeah, he's awesome. That takes marks, takes kick outs. I reckon he's 2G4P right now. Too good. By Stephen May. Uh, Tom McDonald had 80 points this week. I want to 2G this guy so bad as well, but I just need to see him with Ben Brown on the side. Will it be this could week? Come. Could be. Uh, I didn't actually check the- oh, Who are they dropping? Yeah, exactly. It's hard, but they. I think they, they will have to- They want to play their star recruit. Was he a star recruit or just I a recruit? It was just like- I don't think North He won a Coleman two years ago. Like, surely he's a star. It is crazy. Didn't he win? Was he Sam All-Australian as well? He won the Com. You have to be All-Australian. And you got Sam Com. Wiedemann there as well, who's dominating. That's so why I'm just, like- I'm tentative to make him 2G, but he's playing pretty well. But I still think he can score okay when he does go up the ground, which they kind of inevitably talk about. But the moment you're talking about guys who aren't putting in bad games, like McDonald is really playing a bad, I think he's had one bad scoring game yeah. this year. I don't know. I can't 2G him just yet, Kaz. I'm sorry. I know you want me to. It's okay. I probably will eventually though. Uh, Liam Baker, 105 points, uh, playing a halfback role, 27 touches. Just Jaden Short was just down in his involvement in the game and they were pretty trash tigers. So he picked up the slack and kind of was one of the shining lights and one of the players that actually battled pretty hard. But he's just still too up and down for mine. But I just Mm. thought we'd keep an eye on him from there. Uh, Toby Nankervis, Nank the Tank, he had 91 points and he was one of the Tigers' best. Um, Battled hard against Gone and he only had the 15 hitouts, but that's pretty usual for him he's kind of just a bit better around the ground um, I think he's 2G4P as well don't you think it's an interesting call he has he started the season slowly he's only really put together three good games now, I like just the th- was it three in a row though He's had 101, 119, and 91, but he did yeah. start the year with a 55, 51, and 67. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's gone back to his best. He's got a real competition for his spot either, like he has in previous years. This year will be an inter- uh, This week will be an interesting one against Dogs. So, we know English is out with concussion. So, it's going to be Martin, maybe Sweet. So, you know, two lumbering kind of big guys and Steph Martin and Toby Nankervis going head to head. Mm. Nah, maybe not 2G4P just yet. I just want to see another week. All right, we'll see what happens this week. He'll probably go big this week. Um, actually, no, Steph Martin's kind of contained a lot of good Ruckman this year, so he probably won't. Steph's just not scoring. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but no he's contained. Not people are scoring against yeah. him, yeah. Uh, Titch Edwards, Shane Edwards, he had 84 points, and that's just what he goes at now is around the 80 mark. He's valuable, valuable for people that are in the hunt for a flag, but he doesn't offer too much to others, so I think we should just 2G him just because – you know, no one's going to get him. No one really, and anyone who's got him, no one else really wants him to get him off them. So, uh, I just want to say he is like the best loophole option. <laughs> you in said the that last week, of, but it's just so true. I did it again on the weekend. Like, oh, he puts up eighty four. Yeah, I'll put him in. Like M seven, sweet. You know, like you it's take just that. so beautiful. Like it's just risk free, stress free points. Yeah. All right. Do you reckon two G? No one wants. No one wants him, and everyone who wants him has got him. 
I love Titchy. I'm too GM, so I don't oh, have to talk about him anymore. Bye, sweet Titch. Uh, Jack Graham had 82 points. This is also about his level. It's just going to be interesting to see how he goes for the next few weeks with Martin out. So he could receive a little bit of Hopefully bump. Hopefully, see some bump. You know, we do know that Trent Cochin is kryptonite. So Actually, he's only got months are probably only going to be out for one week, isn't he? Uh, well, there's talk of him flying home to New Zealand now. Mm. So I don't really know what that's all about. If that'd be longer than a week, because it's concussion, wasn't it? That mm. Yeah. So. But he only, yeah, he only scored 25, Martin, anyway. So, they might give him a couple weeks off and send him to New Zealand for a bit. It depends on their, who's their, their net. They got Western Bulldogs this week, I'm pretty Bulldogs sure. Bulldogs this week and then yeah. Geelong, I think, the week after. So, Jeez, I think that's two losable games for Richmond. And they if that happens, back. yeah, they want him back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. But hopefully, Jack Graham at least gets bumped this week with him out. All right, Kays, let's have a talk about Fremantle versus North Melbourne. Yes. Now, I just want to start off. Are you going to apologise to me? For what? <laughs> Saying that Jack Zebra was a bad pickup with our first pick of the podcasters league you said it was the worst pick in the whole first round oh it's obviously not in hindsight but i just want to take i actually saw this question in the show doc so i actually went and had to listen to our north melbourne podcast went back and we're talking about jack zebel going backwards and you and i both agreed that That we didn't think he would go back and play that role so whatever reasoning you thought he would go big uh this wasn't the reason so but it does actually kind of go to highlight that there was this role in the north melbourne back line that you know, we, I talked about Luke McDonald would likely have it if he was playing um, and he's only played like a minute of this uh, year. So, I reckon that whatever McDonald was doing last year, Zebul was just taken over doing it, but he's a much better footballer at doing it as well. Mm-hmm. The thing is with, and we'll talk about it in a second, what he scored is 170. Yep. The thing is like, they're just giving him the footy and they're not developing any other players and mm-hmm. they're not going to win on the back of it and clubs just don't bother tagging him because th- he's not damaging. Like no, his, his foot skills aren't that great yeah it's yeah. just it makes no sense as to why this like teams are obviously letting him do it so it's great for us fantasy coaches mm-hmm. but is there going to be a point where a either north melbourne go let's actually try to get the footy in some other play- players hands that we're going to you know be play- developing going forward mm. or b a club just goes let's just absolutely pummel this team and just shut down jack's evil and yeah well are they waiting for mcdonald to come back Maybe he's back to. Is it like Aiden Core that they want because he's out too? And but you see, even quick- Aaron Hall was scoring pretty well in mm. a pretty similar role before he got knocked out, and he was only played it for a couple of weeks before it happened. But he was scoring well too. So I just don't know what North are doing. Like, why are they playing someone so unaccountable in a side that's just getting belted each week? I don't get it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but anyway, Zebul, thirty-seven touches, thirty-two of them kicks, uh, fourteen marks and five tackles. So you add this to his one hundred and thirty-nine and one hundred and forty this year. Uh, there's some huge numbers. So, he's obviously 2G, 2G, 2G for pay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. uh, so, obviously, there's no apology, which is obviously very- Oh, look, no, I apologize for saying it was the worst pick. But, um, yeah, look, the reasoning kind of didn't- It doesn't really add up, case as to why you picked him. Doesn't matter. Don't question the oracle. <laughs> uh, Tommy Power, one of the young guys who is getting the footy a lot, which is uh, going to put a few smiles on dials of North supporters' faces. Uh, 102 points from him, 25 touches, eight marks, three tackles. Look, he genuinely has all the makings of a mini pig. Uh, Got to kind of remember, he's like holding up the midfield of this side. Like he's outscoring some of the more senior players in that midfield. Um, look, if you're thinking of like, you know, he, he's doing what Walsh did, what Rao did at, um, at points of their career in their first year. Like he's not getting a, you know, we saw Errol Goulden get a bit of a free ride at the start of the year while Sydney were up and about. Like they've got some good, you know, Kennedy, Parker, etc. around there. Whereas Powell's kind of, you know, 
Tate doing it all. So, mm. um, he looks very good. I think the positive with him is he's built from round one. Yes. So, it's like not like he started like a house on fire. He struggled a bit to start with, mm-hmm. probably playing a different role than he was now playing more up forward. But he's kind of worked his way into the game. He's starting to feel much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Where someone like Goulden has had, all right, no one knows about this kid. So, he's just come out and done what he wants. And then they've gone, oh, hang on. We probably should put some time into this guy and just mm-hmm. kind of shut him out of the game. Now, will this happen with Powell as well? Now, they see him actually start to get more and more the ball. So, who knows? Sure. But yeah. it's actually just good to see him work and actually build into a season. Do you reckon he's one who's clearly benefited, benefited from playing a full season of footy the year before? I think so. I like, think, you know, like yeah. him v Phillips and, you know, all before the before the draft, everyone's like, you know, Phillips is the better player, etc. Yeah. And I, we just haven't seen that because he hasn't had that run. Well, at the same time, there's players out there that haven't played last year, like someone like Archie Perkins is looking pretty good. I know mm. he's not scoring the same fantasy-wise, but mm. there's lots of players out there that didn't play last year um, that are still going okay. So, Maybe, yes. Like, mm. there's probably to an extent, yes. Perhaps he's come, like, just developed further on the back of it because we know he didn't play any senior footy as a junior. He only mm. played under-18s, which is quite unusual for the better San- uh, sample yeah. players. They generally play seniors. Yep. So, maybe just he's kind of gotten to the same level of progression as other guys would have. I don't know. But uh, I think, yeah, there's probably some benefit definitely from playing footy last year. But anyway, he's only 69% owned. So, I'd be getting in on him quick because he's like a genuine long-term keeper option. So, um, yeah, get on board, Tommy Powell. Uh, Aiden Bonar, 94 points. Look, I don't want to get too excited just yet because he's played a lot of average football. But look, he was a high junior scorer and he's finally getting an extended crack at a role in the AFL. Look, he's spending a lot of time down back, but maybe that's actually his go. Like they're trying to play him in the midfield and that kind of thing just didn't work out. So um, maybe he can be one of those younger guys, I suppose, who takes over that defense um, away from, you know, someone like Zebel. He's only 8% owned. Now they've got Melbourne next week. It could spend a shit ton of time in that uh, back line down there so could be a sneaky one to add in because he is playing a bit of good football now so Bonar is one like you they'd want to be because he was like the uh, I guess he's been in the system like five or six years now mm. but he's probably got a lot more of a future of him Again, ahead of him than Zebul does. So, maybe that's one they do want to kind of uh, build. But also, Aaron Hall comes back this week, so he could just get shoved straight back out. And who knows? Like, just watch what happens. I suppose the only thing is that it does spend a lot of time in the North defence. So, yeah. picking North defenders probably isn't the worst. You yeah. know, you look at someone like this, Sean Attlee, 94. Like, can't believe I'm saying this, but he's having a great year. He's had four <laughs> 70s, a 90, and a 100 this season. So, another one who's cleaning up deep. So, you know, yes, McDonald and Core have to come back. So, potentially don't get too excited. But... I suppose you've got to give a tip of the cap to uh, Sean Atley. So, I actually got a message from uh, uh, Mr. Bennett on tour uh, is the Instagram handle. Um, a message us on the Instagram page. Get around that, by the way. Uh, they're slowly building an Instagram following. Um, but he sent me a message saying, look, I'm not saying I like it or that he's a great player, but you can't keep talking shit about Atley, surely. <laughs> he's my B5, starting on my field. And as reliable as a morning, uh, I, I won't repeat the next word, but uh, yeah, look. Um, and I basically said, uh, look, I think I actually said he actually was one of the only players that looks like he gives a shit for North Melbourne last week. So, I said I'll upgrade him to a D5 instead of being good bench cover this week. So, yeah. Oh, I'm coming around. I don't want to say I actually really like, I'm a big fan of Sean Atley in terms of he like tries. his fantasy. Yeah, he's but trying. Like, that's he's what been that's trying for ask. like 10 years. I know, but seems. this year he's trying harder. Yeah. I swear. Anyway, like he's trying hard to be. The stats don't lie. The stats don't lie. He's trying uh, hard to be relevant. Last one on the uh, watch list is Atu Bossanavalugi. Uh, 77 points from him. Uh, he's just snuck onto my watch list, especially if North keep this kind of chipping game going. And, you know, another one who they recruited. Yes, he was kind of state knives with the, the Jaden Stevenson deal, but uh, I think they're going to give someone like him an opportunity. So, um, just... Keep a watch out for him. Uh, Frio, 
Dave Mundy, 113. My like captain it. option of the left field captain option of the week last week. Killing it. Yeah. Uh, look, obviously he's 2G for P at the ripe old age of 35. But <laughs> my question, I suppose, is what should coaches do with him? So um, he's holding a heap of value for coaches in the hunt. But, you know, saying that, like he surely goes again next year and there's probably not much sign of him slowing down. Like he's playing some really good footy. Like his worst score this year has been 72. And he's put up 300. So, look, should you be cashing in? Like, for example, in our home league- <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it no, up. No, no, no. But, like, I don't, I'm actually not interested. But, like, what's someone who's down the bottom and they've got David Mundy? Like, would you, surely you're trading him now while there's, you, you got some value, don't you? <laughs> I, I, I do agree. But the guy in our home league legit doesn't have another captain option as- <laughs> that He needs David Mundy, essentially. Yeah. To actually get a decent, half-decent score each week. So, um yeah, like that's the idea. You want to trade him to someone who's in the hunt for a flag, but at the same point, if you need someone to actually score for you each week, he's pretty handy. He's to have. scoring very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it supposes up to you and your, your decision. But if you yeah. think you can cash in on it, and you're, you're not maybe in the hunt, I'd uh, be looking at moving him on. Uh, Ethan Hughes, ninety nine points. He had twenty seven touches and three tackles. Look, he's fifty five percent owned, so another solid waiver wire pickup kind of player. He's pretty consistent and mopping up pretty nicely down back for Frio. Maybe a benefactor of, you know, Hayden, no Hayden Young for a while. Um, he kind of plays that nice little halfback role, bit of the, the mover from down there. So, just uh, keep your eye on Ethan Hughes. We surely have to mention our boy, Lockie Schultz. Four Hef, goals. 68 points, four goals, 12 touches. Now, like we know we can. Look, we like him up the ground. Um, we don't like these small forwards just relying on kicking a bag to... Um, to score but look he's locking the Frio's best 22 and only 62% owned so the um, the Eagles and Lions coming up the next couple of weeks kind of makes it tough to back him in over the next couple of weeks but uh, look he's always out there having a genuine crack and uh, I like Lockie a lot yeah I'm a big fan of Lockie Schultz as well but we make no secret of that in this podcast so hopefully he can uh, get a few more touches um, and to add to those four goals to boost his fantasy scoring now Kays I'm going to let you have like little quick drinks break while I'm just having a chat here so because you've, mm, you've got to warm those vocal cords because you're about to do the next two games because uh, our Sunday was uh, well, my Sunday I didn't get to watch any footy I did actually come home last night after a 40th birthday party that we were at and I watched the first half of the port game at least to rewatch that but I didn't I fell asleep and didn't get around to watching the second half but uh, yeah shout out to I guess for to Stu on his 40th he's a member of our home league as well um, so yeah and thanks for the Fun birthday party was a rip last night, but anyway, <laughs> let's go. Uh, Hawthorne v the Crow. So, uh, really, really fun game to watch this one. Genuine shootout football. I'll uh, we'll start off with the newly named NAB Rising Star nominee of the week, Jacob Kaczynski. 101 points from him. Look, he proved he's the future up forward for the Hawks. Um, look, Mitch Lewis isn't firing. They've kind of moved Tim O'Brien down back. Kaczynski uh, just works hard and kicked five goals three, so could have been an even bigger day out. Uh, had 14 touches and nine marks. Look, I'm not expecting this every week from a 20-year-old just yet, but uh, and I don't think he's quite in the, the level of a, a Makai and Norton, that kind of player, at the moment, but no. uh, look, he does look to have plenty of talent and I think he's going to be the the main prong up at uh, the front end of uh, Hawthorne for a while. Uh, CJ Jyth, 82 points from him. Now, so many owners last week, mainly your classic noobs, uh, <laughs> lost classic their noobs. shit when uh, <laughs> CJ had one quiet game last week. Um, correctly pointed out, if anyone watched it, he actually had, was made to defend and he was horrible at it. Guess what? The Oracle strikes again. Clarko puts him on a wing through half back. He plays that attacking football that is good for the game, good for him, good for fantasy. Picks up 27 touches and five marks. So don't fear again. This is his role. They're not going to 
play him in defense and make him lock someone down. It's just not his go. Yeah, I did catch the the sort of the last quarter, second, you know, third quarter, last quarter in between the first birthday party I was at and the 40th we went to last night. Um, just that run and dash that this guy has. He just stands out so much when he's making a run, you know, through the middle. Um, and he kind of uses the corridor pretty well too. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of has no fear to make that dash down the middle and deliver to the fours. And there were some of his players that probably resulted in um, Hawthorne actually winning this game as well. Mm-hmm. So I think he shouldn't be playing that lockdown role that he was playing last week uh, for too much longer, that's for sure. No, he's been set free. So, owners, you can rejoice and relax. Uh, kind of a, um, the reason he can do that is because uh, Hawthorne moved Tim O'Brien That's another down thing back. I noticed, yeah. yeah. So, 73 points from him. Um, he wasn't too bad back there. 18 touches and five marks. Did uh, move forward and slot a snag at one stage. But, look, he's a good size. He's been around for a long time. It's crazy to think that he's 27. Like, he's been in the system a long time. So, look, he could be one just to have a look at. So, the back row is obviously much better for points. And if he can add in a little DPP, he might be an astute pickup or astute add to your side with um, back forward because he does take a good mark and potentially it might just be the rejuvenation of his career as a, as a defender. So, just wanted to keep an eye on oh, that. Even so, if he does end up getting DPP, they're just handy to have just to fill holes, especially if you're like me and have a million injuries. It'd be nice to have a few of these types to actually just fill a few holes for me. Correct. Uh, now, on to the Phil Thorpedo. Or I don't know what- <laughs> The filthy. Filthy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what filthy. people are referring to. Uh, 94 points from him. Look, it was a very nervy start. His first kicks went- basically straight to opponents. Uh, but once he kind of got his mojo, he looked very, very good. Like, uh, I think it was the run and the jump at his third mark for the or his mark for the third goal was just outstanding. Uh, it's obviously why the Crows drafted him. He kicked five straight, 16 touches, genuinely good debut after his first couple um, clangers. But look, ruck forward, DPP, owners will be absolutely laughing. Um, but look, once again, Crows aren't going to play Hawthorne every week, yeah. so don't expect it each week. But look, as a kid, this was a glimpse into what he can do because uh, him jumping full fly at the ball is, is fantastic and obviously has, is a great set shot kick too. Driving back, I was driving back from the Adelaide Hills and I think I got in the car and it was half time and I could not believe my ears when uh, I heard that he'd kicked, what was it, four goals at half time? Yeah. And just seeing what we saw in the preseason, seeing that he barely got a kick in the twos mm. the week beforehand. And it was pretty interesting the way they explained it, um, especially on the radio. They were saying that in the sample, they just he just wasn't getting the delivery, the connection. Plus, like the sample in South Australia, which is a bit unfortunate, we don't play the same rules as the AFL or the VFL does, mm. where the man standing on the mark and the three th- or the 666 and all that sort of stuff. Um, it doesn't have that. So, the philosophy was to get him into the ones and so he could actually play under that structure as they thought he'd benefit from that a lot better and mm. it really showed that he would so it's going to be interesting like and I know and I know we can't you know like you said and you, I do agree with you when you say he played Hawthorne and he's not going to do it every week and the Crows aren't you know a great side uh, going forward but there might be something to having him in the AFL side that will make him a bit more just, you could expect probably a little bit more than you would otherwise I think that's mm. all yeah. But yeah, look, he, he looked exciting. So, yeah. uh, Crows fans should be pretty happy there. Uh, another recruit that debuted was Jackson Haitley, has 75 points. Look, he scored all right from 17 touches and six tackles, but just never really caught my eye. And I was genuinely looking for him too. Uh, went by 65% uh, disposal efficiency, which is a bit worrying. Um, I, I just hope he kind of gets an extended crack at it. And with that, back center DPP has. Definite value. So, he was playing a defense, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was sweeping across the back line. So, look, I think he'll hold that into next year. So, 
hopefully he just gets a few games in a row, gets some confidence because he's kind of had a bit of a weird uh, preseason where he kind of started hot, got injured, got dropped, you know, left out, that kind of thing. So, hopefully yeah. um, Nix and Co just back him in for a few weeks and we can see, you know, what we saw a few years ago when he was kind of lighting it up for GWS. I can't see him, especially with Crouch, back in a few weeks. It's going to be hard for him to break in that midfield because I probably want to get Barry into the side again at some stage to develop him further. I don't know where, I don't know if he is actually going to play that defender role. Even so, he's got the potential to actually be a good defender and score well from that position but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him that's for sure quite easily replace that Andrew McPherson yeah dude um, Tom Lynch now what was the sub issue because I had, there was a Twitter beef between Warren Treadray and um, Tex Walker so right. Tred, Treadray criticised the way that the Crows used the sub but I didn't actually understand so what was going on understanding Tom Lynch wasn't strapped up wasn't ready to go whatever and the Crows apparently had no um, they didn't want to play him at all like he was the sub. They wanted him to sit on the bench and be like a bench coach. Okay. Um, I don't know why they weren't expecting that. They wouldn't get an injury. I'm not sure. Yeah. But so the thing was that they had no intention to play him. Oh, so then someone got injured and they had to get him ready to go. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. So then um, I think it was- And it cost them the game probably ultimately. Well, that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what the negative people are saying. Okay. But uh, the Crows don't seem to think it does. But uh, yeah. look, apart from that, balls up. Um, look. Tom Lynch is steeply on the decline. Uh, 30 years old, and he would have been a keeper in most leagues, I would have thought, just because he's been a very consistent forward Close for a long to, time. Yeah. He started the season with an 80, and he's gone 64 times in a row. He's becoming unstartable, and he just seems to have this injury issue, which was another kind of reason as to people confused as to why they're playing him, because I think they came on the radio and said that he has to play with painkilling injections at the moment. So, okay, look, it's bad news. And I don't know what you do if you're a Tom Lynch owner. I think you'd have to stash and hope that he can potentially uh, find some fitness and uh, free up a bit towards the end of the year. But um, take away the 11-point fiasco on the weekend. Um, I've got – yeah, he, he's worrying for me. Anyways, we'll move on to your boys, the Dons uh, versus Carlton. <coughs> oh, sorry, versus Collingwood. Sorry, it's Anzac Day, of course. We'll beat Carlton this yeah, week. Yeah, we'll so beat Carlton this coming up this week. But uh, yeah, look, tell us about a few players. Two meter Peter, I heard he had a big game. It's actually two liter Peter. Two liter Peter. That's okay. the uh, SNN nickname for him. Okay. So, you know, new club, new nickname, apparently. With That's my the um, Port Cruise called Dos Meats. <laughs> Just two meats, two meter. <laughs> I don't know, it's a funny nickname. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. Uh, but look, he had 114 points and it was a bit of a coming of age game. Uh, 16 touches, 10 marks, six tackles, two goals and 11 hit outs. Look, uh, watching the, the replay today, he genuinely did some 1% of stuff, which has definitely been lacking from his game. Uh, look, he fumbled a few marks too, so he could have even clunked a couple more uh, for that improvement. But I think he's aided by having Phillips there or having another Ruckman there because he's not really a, a, a number one Ruck. So, um, meaning he can just pinch hit Rome. He's actually looks pretty fit, so he can get around the ground, take some marks, kick some goals. So, I think he's the perfect kind of second ruck. And at 65% owned with the Blues this week, I think he's a, a very good sneaky ad. Yeah, quite often with his ruck forward, you want him playing as much you know, for uh, ruck as possible so they're around the ground and think, get that. But like you said, he's not the best first ruck. So, it's kind of one of those players you actually want him playing forward, taking marks, kicking a few goals, and then adding on 10 hit outs to his kind of- And yeah, rucking or, against yeah. the other second ruckman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, adding on the, you know, eight to 10 hit outs a game and just boosting his score by 10 points per game by doing that. But and yeah. getting a few tackles and a few kicks on the end of those loose yeah. ones that look, come he out look, there He looked well. really hungry, which is good to see. So, hopefully, yeah. he can keep that up the next few weeks. Uh, Jaden Laverde had 106 points, uh, 21 touches and 13 marks, probably a career best game from him too. 
think he was kind of aided by Francis going down where he could be a bit more attacking, um, whereas he's been pretty good at just being a, a genuine stopper this season. Uh, also snagged a, a goal thanks to a 50-meter penalty. I but, saw that actually, yeah. Um, look, I think this is a once-off. I'm not getting too excited. I think it's just a bit of a, a byproduct of the swing, some things that happen on the day. So, um, don't get too excited about Laverde just yet. Uh, Braden Ham's one who you might want to start getting excited about. His name keeps popping up, doesn't it? flying under the radar a lot this season. So, uh, 22 years old into his third year. We know what that means. He's played every game this season, uh, averaging 68 and has scores of 72, 88 and 87 this year. So, look, 22 touches out in the wing. I think someone you should be monitoring because the Dons like him. They've been playing him over guys like Cutler and, you know, um, you know, Perkins, who they probably could have played from round one. I think there's something there. So, just uh, keep your eye on Braden Ham. A couple of little ones. Jake Stringer, he had 77 points and he's actually pretty putting together a pretty solid year too. So, uh, he's played four games and he's had three in the 70s. What I noticed on yesterday or yesterday's game was that he was getting a lot of CBAs. So, we do like the fact that the players in and around the, in and around the contest, yes, he always kind of then goes forward, but it's always nice that he's in around there. And, and he can. He's one of those guys who's a bit of a bustling kind of dude, can, you know, get the occasional clearance, that kind of thing too. So, look, he's 64% owned. So, uh, maybe not this... Um, Maybe not, what was this? 64%, sorry. But look, he could be a great loophole option, not this week because um, the Bombers play the Sunday game against the yeah, Blues. Okay. But um, look, he's one who you could, who'd be a good loophole option, I think, um, as a forward because he, he can put together, a, you know, a solid score. And lastly, I need to give a tip of the cap to Darcy Parrish, 150 points. I can honestly say I never thought he'd have that in him ever. So, uh, 42 posies in the Anzac Day game is outstanding achievement. So, now, a tip of the cap in the Keeper League podcast generally means it's a good score, but you don't think he'll do it again. Do you not have faith in him to do it no. going forward? Okay. Just he, was, he was actually playing the midfield, which we, for some reason, just don't ever let him play in the midfield. But, but I think probably after that performance, he'll continue with that. He won't? should. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm not- yeah, It's probably not, more it's of a not your cap. traditional- Tip of the cap. Uh, it's more yeah. of the, I doubted you and you proved okay. me wrong, tip yeah. of the cap yeah. style thing. It's like, I take it back type thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, onto the pies. Darcy Cameron, he had 120 points. He was everywhere on the day. Uh, 22 touches, 10 marks, three goals, one. I think he hit the first of the- Game, nine hitouts too. So in that kind of um, Peter Wright mould, he really just locked his spot in for sure. Um, gave them a bit, juked them nicely. Um, but we know with Darcy Cameron, he's put up huge NEFL numbers back in the day when he was, um, you know, on the Swans list. Is he ready? Is the big question. Like he's obviously not going to overtake uh, Grundy, but I think as a, a DPP backup, he's very handy along the lines of the the Peter Wright. I don't know. Situation. I don't know. With um, uh, who went down for you guys again? Key defender, Francis. Francis went down. Did that have an impact on the way? Well, yeah, because Zaharakis then came on. Yeah, but, you know, still like you still got to get. If you're getting 22 touches, like you're not just doing that standing in the forward 50. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. all about the work rate. So, um, he, he looked all right. Like I'm not saying he's going to be a fantasy star, but um, it could be. You know, just finding a bit of form. Yeah, uh, I was like Quainor, 85 points from him. He just looks good, just looks very classy. He's been mixing his form a bit though. Uh, he's gone 90, uh, a couple of 40s and 85. But he's one to persist with, I think. A bit of a disclaimer, I don't think he's going to be a pig like a, a Jack Chris kind of, you know, give me the ball at all costs, run forward, kick guys from 50. I think he's more of a, a set and forget 80 average back, I think personally. Um, I think with um, how out at the moment probably bumps him up a little bit too. So, it'd just be interesting to see how that all gels together. Afterwards, mm. and uh, Josh Dacos, seventy-seven points from him. 
a bit to like from him on the weekend. So, uh, getting some more CBAs and was kind of getting back to that 2020 version of Josh Dacos. Had 26 touches, 17 handballs, which is a huge issue. You'd get it on your boot, Josh. But look, if the Pies keep stinking, they're going to have to bite the bullet eventually and just give these guys proper midfield time and not play them through the wing and the, the half forward, that kind of thing. So, look, he's a centre forward. Um, they gave it to him in fan, um, AFL Fantasy. So, um, definite free swing if he can get in ultimate. Um, even though we haven't seen that 2021 progression that we wanted to see, um, I think he's, he's, he's still tracking okay. And lastly, Trey Rusko, don't know what he scored, but honestly, if you've seen him, is there ever a guy who looks more <laughs> Collingwood than Trey Rusko? He's up there. Like, I think there's probably a few in there. In there. Like mullet, the arm sleeves. Yeah, the he's sleeves like, do make yeah, it. Two, yeah, two. It's his second year and he, look, he looks like a a beautiful blend of like Swanee, Jared Blair and I don't know, yeah. Alan Didak all yeah, rolled into one. Yeah, fair enough. I can see that. He is the ultimate Collingwood person. Just looks like a Collingwood player. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get through the Port Adelaide versus St. Kilda game quite quickly. Um, Tom Jonas had 127 points. I uh, had 15 marks, which is cutting everything off back there. Well, just their forward entry was pretty bad. Um, won't happen every week, just a tip of the cap for Tom Jonas. Uh, Ryan Burton had 116 points and it's finally good to see him have a, a good game, I guess. Just playing his halfback role. He took 11 marks. Um, poor control the ball like across the you know, back line and just kind of chipped around until they kind of found the avenue to attack. And so, like, he was just involved in setting up those attacks in that regard. Um, took majority of the kick-ins too for Port, which weren't many because I think there was only eight behind scored by St Kilda, but uh, I think he took five of them. So. This was his best game by mile this season. Well, like, since, he's been, at, since he's been at Port Adelaide, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, probably one of his best fantasy scores since he's mm. been at Port Adelaide. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, look, good game by him. Let's just hope he can keep it up. Alir Alir, 104 points uh, in defence on Carlisle. So, he just dominated him. Um, had 15 kicks and 12 marks. A key defender that's almost becoming fieldable just with how much he can kind of intercept, how well he can intercept. Yeah. Um, all Australian form at the moment. It's pretty Big amazing to, to think. Best um, recruit of the year. Yeah, getting him so cheaply with second round draft pick. Um, Aratia Fantasia had 86 points. Speaking of recruits of the year, um, he's a bit more up and down, but he's playing some good footy um, when Porter up and about. Anyway, he kicked three goals. Um, if you think Porter going to smash it, uh, get him on the field, I reckon. Good streamer option against easier opponents because he's just good for a few goals here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Porter going to be on top, he's probably going to be on top. And Martin Frederick, uh, just a quick look at him. He had 70 points. So good debut. Plays the right type of role. He's just a fast halfback flanker. Um, got involved in that chip around we are talking about with Burton too. Not sure if on the long-term job security with him, but played, uh, showed some good signs, I think. And um, uh, being a, uh, a brother of Michael Frederick, who's also kind of looking quite similar over at Fremantle. Um, yeah, they, they both of them kind of have this kind of uh, outside kind of pace that do look good for the game. So, um, yeah, I'd keep an eye on him, especially, just if he can kind of keep his spot on the side. Um, Seb Ross, uh, 141 points, uh, just playing in the guts. Now, I don't know. I, he had a lean few weeks, but he was back in the thick of the things over the weekend. You just love him to be a bit more consistent, but it just still pains me to see him putting up these kind of numbers. I was going to say, this sounds I like a jealous man talking. Oh, I'm just so sad. I don't know. Like three weeks, the last three weeks has been like, you know, 60, 70, 60 or something like that. So, it's making me feel better again. But then he does something like this and it just tears my heart out too. So I can see you're a broken man. Yeah, I know. I am. I don't know. It cost you the game on the weekend. Oh. Think about it. I think I put Brandon Ellis back in the pool as well because I just thought he'd be a 90 midfielder and all my other, you know, my Warpools, my Brayshaws, my Jed Andersons, my, you know, my Jack Steele, I guess you've got him as well. But like, I thought that all be ahead of him in my midfield depth and uh, now I've just put, a go, put away a premium uh, that's midfielder. Why, that's why one person is the Oracle and one person isn't. Oh, cool. Look, I, anyone who would have uh, seen this coming, like, could you have just <laughs> mentioned it to me in the preseason? That would have been great that you actually thought that would going to happen. But anyway, uh, look, 
If you appreciate the work we do uh, each week, could you please consider becoming a member of the Keeper League podcast. Um, a lot of time and effort does go into this podcast each week to bring you this. So um, the membership stuff kind of keeps us going. So yeah, in return, um, members uh, receive AFL Fantasy Projections, State League Fantasy Scores, weekly updates of the Breakout Tracker. We'll put a demo of that last week as well. If you're not a member and want to have a play with some of the top scorers and see how they look on the Breakout Tracker, go check out that uh, from last week. And it's also on DT Talk. Uh, dreamteamtalk.com yeah. um, I did a bit of analysis on five players there so if you want to go have a look um, on that uh, it's uh, a good resource um, there's other great premium resources as well um, that will help you in all your fantasy football really your classic your draft and your keeper leagues mm. um, but yeah there's also the CBA analysis advanced CBA analysis which compares last week's CBAs to their overall CBA average for the um, for the year um, and then you know just bumps and things like that and noticing trends so yeah it's a, it's a good little handy resource there too so head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click the link in the description below uh, if you want to sign up. Uh, Case, do you want to read the five gold members that uh, we're reading at this week? We would love to. Uh, Benjamin Messamaker, Jeremy Wine, uh, Matt Luplau, Tim Scrote, and Michael Brennan. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks to those members there. And we'll move on to our weekly projections. All right, last week we talked about uh, the State League Fantasy scores, but uh, we're running out of time this week to actually talk about them. So make sure you head to keeperleaguepod.com.au and check out the State League Fantasy scores article that Kays did this week, uh, looking at some of the better scorers. There was no waffle on the weekend as well for obvious reasons. Um, So there's the Sandful and the VFL stuff up there. But let's get to our projections. So a captain option, so a captain that's not in the top 10 scorers, and we try to pick the more left field, the better. This week, I'm not sure. Think, I don't think they're as left field. But who's your uh, captain option for this week? I uh, took Miller for mine. Now, it's just kind of one that I don't know if other people know how well he's going. The obviously owners of Tookwood, but his last five, he scored 130, 88, 140, 103, and 142. So averaging a lazy 27 touches and eight tackles a game. I love tackles. Look, he plays the Pies, whose midfield gave up scores of 150, 142, and 125 on the weekend. So uh, has a career average of a like 98.8 or something like that um, against the um, Pies. So I think Took Miller is ready to go as your it, captain. He was actually my selection until I got to the show doc and saw you'd already done it. So great minds think alike. So I went with uh, Hugh McCluggage averaging 103, 116 average from his last three. And the last time he played against Port, he had 112 points as well. So Neil went down. So someone's going to need to step up this weekend. I think Zorko gets the main attention that Neil probably would. So I think McCluggage is going to have a big few weeks here. He's my captain option. Uh, My loophole of the week is Liam Baker, um, one who hasn't really come on as much as I would have thought, but he can pop out the big score from time to time. Scored 81 and 105 in his last two games, and they are playing the Dogs, so it should be down in defence a bit this weekend too. Uh, Has enjoyed playing against Footscray in the past, averages 85 against them. Friday night game, so you can get a nice uh, 80-odd in your defence on your your bench and loophole him in. That is the perfect way to start the weekend. My loophole option of the week is uh, Will Power. Now, he comes up against uh, – he hasn't had the best uh, fantasy season today. He's averaging 67, which um, could be worse. But comes up against the Pies this week um, and stream defenders against Collingwood, it's an actual thing. They just give up so many points to defenders. Um, so, he plays them on the first game Saturday, so you get an opportunity just to have a look at him. He averages 77 against Collingwood as well. Um, yeah, I reckon just put him on your bench and just see how he goes against Collingwood and, uh, yeah, yeah, if he does all right, then bring him on. Should get you in the mid-70s, maybe an 80 if you're lucky. 
handy. Uh, my streamer of the week is Darcy Cameron. So, uh, coming off that big 120-point game yesterday, look, obviously holds his spot and there's no reason he can't have another big game against the Suns. We've got that ruck forward DPP, so he's handy across two lines if you do bring him in for this week. Look, uh, playing Gold Coast. So, we do know that they were ruckmanless at the moment. I think Zach Smith will be playing because I think he had about 31 hitouts on the weekend in the VFL. So, the thing about that is he's not going to be super fit. People aren't always the best second up from a spell. But even if he does, it'll be Smith v Grundy, which leaves Cameron to kind of take on that secondary role against someone like uh, Graham or Burgess, which I think is going to turn into some nice points. So, 37% owned. Uh, get him in this week. Uh, my streamer of the week is Will Hoskin Elliott. And I didn't actually see Collingwood play, so I'm not sure if this is correct, but I'm assuming because Maine was out, he kind of got a bit more up the ground a little bit more and had a bit more of that outside pill. It's one of those Will Hoskin Elliott games that pop up every now and then and catch your eye. Yeah. But anyway, he plays um, Gold Coast this week, who he averages 84 against. Um, he averages 75 at the G as well, but he also had 94 the last time he played Gold Coast as well. He scored 97 on the weekend. I think he backs up this week. Um, wouldn't expect it every week, but I think this week uh, he goes okay. And the waiver wire pickup of the week has to be Patrick Lipinski. Uh, he's 60% owned. Uh, dunks out. Lipinski in. Had 35 touches and 120 points in the VFL on the weekend. Just takes that spot. Um, just get on board. And mine is pretty much for uh, we, another VFL player that didn't play in the seniors on the weekend. That's Dylan Stevens. So, he had 32 touches and 124 points in the VFL over the weekend. Um, I think some of the Sydney kids genuinely need a rest. I think uh, I think Golden probably needs a rest. Um, they saw they rested Logan McDonald and Braden Campbell on the weekend. I think they'll start to rotate a few of these things. And I reckon he will grab uh, this opportunity by the horns and uh, come out and play uh, pretty well. I think he plays Geelong this weekend. I think that's correct. Who he has from memory... Uh, he scored 91 BCV against last mm. year. So, it's a nice little- yeah, I think that's who they play. You'll probably quickly look this up, Kays, and tell me. But, uh, look, he's only 33% owned in uh, in in the ultimate footy. So, he's around a bit as well. So, he could be a wave wire pickup. Plays you long. Get the nod of the head. Cool. Um, yeah, so, there, there are wave wire pickups. There are projections. So, sign up as a member. We do a weekly wave wire podcast. I did the wave wire podcast uh, earlier today with Cam McLaughlin from the Draft Doctors just to uh, speed things up a little bit so we don't have to wait around tonight to record it. So, um, yeah, if you want to get hold of that, uh, sign up as a member and get that on top of all the other great resources. Um, an Apple review. So, let's have a look at this one. This guy says, Trent Bianco for Brownlow. Um, <laughs> without uh, without a doubt, the best AFL Keeper League podcast going around. I don't think there's uh, any other one. But thank you. Thank you, Trent Bianco for Brownlow. Um, plenty of quality content to help you win your Dynasty League. Hollywood and Kays are both legends and between them, they have helped me pick up diamonds in the rough in my 10-year going Dynasty comp. Uh, he's got a question here. When is Trent Bianco going to get a run? Otherwise, I have to consider chopping him at the end of the season. He's injured, isn't he? He was injured. He should be back now because Collingwood had a, like a little Twitter video of him last week, like yeah. uh, looking pretty good. So I think a, a week or two away. I think I the injury list said last week, three weeks. So it's probably two from now. Mm-hmm. And, but then he'll probably have to play VFL for a bit. Maybe Just, in a month time. I reckon yeah. he'll get a chance this year. He's going to get a chance. Like, and he's got the especially fantasy. if Collingwood keep dropping some games now, they're going to have to probably yeah. start their rebuild. And he's got the fantasy pedigree. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yeah, so he says, keep up the good work, which we will endeavour to do. So. Thank you. Keep the patience, Trent. Your Brownlow will be coming shortly.
All right, uh, on to the listener questions. So, yes. uh, Mitchell Swan, um, question for the pod, fellas. Sam Pelpepper, huge score in the twos. Does he come in this week for Port? Hard to break into the side. Uh, feels like he might be the sub. What are your thoughts? Yes, well, um, doing my recap from the Sandful, for those who don't know, Sam Pelpepper had 34 touches, one goal, eight tackles, and eight clearances on his way to 128 points. Huge. Uh, so, a massive, massive game. Against an actual, like, really good They lost side. to Glenelg, yeah. 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 So, um, I think that, for me, the eight clearances is the big one because it shows that he's ready to go and they want him in those gut in that gut. So, I don't know, Hefman, who's going who's gonna to get dropped for, for Sam Pepper? Willem Drew, I reckon. I think it does happen eventually. So Will it be whether, this week? I don't know if it's this week or next week. I think he still might need to kind of pay his dues. I do have a feeling he might be the sub, but I think the week after that, Willem Drew goes out and I think Sam Pepper goes in. They play super similar type roles he and looks, Sam Pepper is ahead and I think he's a bit angry. He looks about, hungry. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's ready to go, Sam Pepper. But maybe it might take a week, that's all. Big time. Yeah. Uh, at Trav014, A-Hall straight back into the back line position he had before being KO'd. And is Mark O'Connor's midfield role real? Um, I think A-Hall does go back into that role before he was KO'd, especially because, actually, we don't mention this, but Zebo did cop a knee to the head and he could actually miss this week. So, there could be the – because he went off in the fourth quarter and – um, didn't come back on. So I think it was, I don't know if it's his back or his back of his head. I didn't actually see it happen, but I read about it. And um, yeah, there's actually a chance that Zebra might not even be in this week. So um, I think A-Hall does come back. Aaron Hall does come in and uh, yeah, play that back line role. But yeah, we actually monitor what happens with Jack Zebel because mm. um, he does have a red cross next to his name on fan footy as well. So yeah, like, we missed that one when we were going through it earlier. Um, um, and is Mark O'Connor's midfield role real? Um, no. Because he's already gone in there, done a tagging job and then come back to defence like, already in one occasion this year and then he did a hamstring this week as well so um, I think he's the stre- a good streaming option because like if he does get those or even loophole depending on who they're playing if they do employ the tag then he goes to them but they're not always going to employ that tag and when he's not he goes into defence and yeah correct yeah. Uh, at Clado 31089 going through a rebuild how much youth would you be chasing he currently has uh, Powell Robertson, Terrence Thomas, Tom Green, Dylan Stevens, Zach Bailey, Geordie Clark, and Ollie Florent as under 22s. He's stashed. Is this enough or would you go for more? They keep 13 plus three rookies. Because he's got the three rookies, it doesn't make it as bad. But with, I say as bad, I just find it hard when you keep so little that like you want to actually have some good scorers in there to make yourself competitive. Because what the good, well, I say like the teams that often at the top, they just keep their best 13 possible scorers and they'll just do it year after year after year. They'll hit the draft because they'll generally be something good in the draft if you're only keeping 13 and they'll just keep topping up with these kind of all these players that go 80 plus and then you've got all these kids that kind of if they do get there that's great but if they don't you're putting them back and you're starting again with kids so I'd, I'd probably leave with what you've got right now and just make sure you're keeping um, or you're able to keep some of your actual good scorers to keep yourself competitive mm-hmm. and then hit the draft and try to top up on a few more players that might score as well and just hope that these guys that you've already got can develop into good scorers. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. If, like, if, even if that's eight of 16 potentially there, that's half of his you know list yeah. of those players. Like, That's a fair bit of- You want um, some guys that are going to still get you 100 and somewhere you can put the captain on and all that sort of stuff. Well, exactly. Like yeah. Apart from like uh, out of those eight- I think Geordie Clark's the only defender there. Like, you want, I hope you've got some defender stocks or ruck stock or, you know, so like, yeah. I don't think you want to be chasing anymore uh, because you're just going to always continually be rebuilding. 
Yeah. Uh, at Russ2468, does Amon only have a spot until Dersmar is back or has he locked in his position regardless? No, nah, well, Amon and Dersmar are the two wingers that Port do play. So, they've been playing Bergman where in Dersmar's spot. So, I think he's fine there. Um the thing with Amon, he does like he didn't he didn't on the weekend. I think he only had one centre bounce attendance, but prior to last week, he was getting a few more as well. So he's kind of getting to be more of that inside outside player. I'm just so happy with the way he's come on this year. He looks like a genuine fantasy player. Um, yeah, and he's going big at the moment. And Porter playing well, so it's really helping him too. So that leads into this question from at Kang Daddy: Is Amon from Port a sell high? Or is he legit and worth holding? Keep up the great work, Stallions. It depends how high. I think if you're getting like a genuine, you know, if you're going to be able to get a, you know, a top six forward or a top 10 mid for him, you'd definitely take it. But I don't think you, that's realistic, something you would get. I think anything else below that, you'd probably just hang on to him for now and see how he goes. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, he's playing great. Yeah, yeah, he's playing great footy. And like the current game style suits him really well. Yeah. Like the how yeah. it's being played. So, yeah. um, I think you'd be kind of crazy to, to trade him at the moment. Yeah, like Especially I said, if you're, if you're getting some of the, if you're getting one of the best or a captain option out of it, then take it. But mm. yeah, I, I don't think you'll be getting that. So you might as well just hold him and see how he goes. Uh, at Grillis 03, Devin Robertson, did he get any extra CBAs following Neil's injury? And do you expect him, McLuggage, Bailey, or Matheson, if selected, to get the inside mid roll? Um, he, from memory, he did get uh, CBAs. I'm not sure if it was an actual um, a bump since uh, he went out or if it was just, you know, his normal CBAs that he would get. But he is one player that I do think um, will uh, get a bit of a bump. So, he had five CBAs. So, no, he probably didn't get anything extra than he normally would. But I think next week um, we'll see because it was pretty late in the game. I think Neil mm. got injured as well. So, I think next week we'll, we might see a bump out of him. Uh, will he get more? Who will be the guy that take? I don't think McLuggage necessarily. Um, no, I think they're kind of holes. Outside. And Matheson kicked four on the weekend. Um so, is he going to play a bit more for? I'm convinced Matheson will come in this week for Neil, uh, but what the layout is of the, the midfield rotation, I'm not too sure. I think he gets, I think Robertson gets a bump. Okay. You heard yeah. it here first. Uh, another one from at Grillis03 is Isaac Quain irrelevant again with how out? Uh, look to be providing the runoff halfback a lot more this week. And same question, Reed Dacos and CBAs with Adam and Sire out. Um, yeah, I think I touched on both of them before. I, I like the look of Quaino. I don't know if he's going to be a, an elite, elite scorer, but uh, he's definitely going to have a nice bump while Howe's out. And yeah, Dacos is the same. I think he was um, building his way back up to some just a bit more fantasy relevant. So, um, I think just keep the faith with both of them. Uh, question from Anonymous. Uh, weird name, Anonymous, but anyway. Uh, contending in both my leagues, um, of which I've won flags uh, plenty, so not desperate. I own Dunkley in both. What's a fair tr- uh, deal if I trade him? Alternative, what should I be asking for Zeebel if I hold Dunks? Thanks. Don't trade Dunkley. It's not worth it. You've done it before <laughs> and it's really burnt you. He's going to miss quite a bit of footy. Um, and like missing said, this year, basically. Yeah. At least this fantasy year. If, yeah, if you're, you've already won a few flags, I think winning a flag is like I've won one before. Like I like to keep mentioning that on this podcast, but your next following years, you kind of are happy to take a bit more of a punt with a few things. Whereas someone like Kay's, you're getting pretty desperate to win one. You're probably less likely to throw some loose trades around or, you know, keep yeah, some I'm speculative players. I'm always prepared to throw some loose trades I know around. you are, but uh, yeah, well, that's evident if you listen to last week's podcast. But that was a different league. I think in this league, in the home league where you're actually on top, you're probably not really caring about what's happening next year. Um, whereas I think if you've won one before, you kind of do put a bit more thought into that. Um, so anyway, I think you just have to hold dunks because you're not going to get 
it's always, I answer these questions the same every time and I feel bad, but it's genuine, I believe. If you try to trade someone who is injured um, and it's this sort of start, you're never going to get the fair deal in return for him. So, you're better off just conceding the year and going again next year, I think. Um, unless uh, you're in my home league, then uh, the guy I offered Isaac Smith for for Dunkley today, he should probably take that trade. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, alternatively, what should I be asking for Zeeble if I hold Dunks? Um, the world, because you probably get it. If you offer it to a contender, um, back for DPP is so beautiful this year. Yeah, if you're a contender, you probably get uh, someone who's going to be uh, top six going forward. Um, but a bit younger, I guess, is, I don't know, I can't even think of, an, uh, think of an example off the top of my head. Um, and who is even young and a good forward at the moment because there's not that many good forwards out there. But, nah. Or even just a good defender, a uh, good younger defender um, in that mould as well. Probably go for that, yeah. Uh, Paul Milne, I got Dunkley, Dusty and Buddy all injured in my forward line. Uh, who is the best option to trade out for best value? So, trade out William Jew for a 60-point uh, per game forward, Jack Graham out for a 70-point per game forward or Simpkin out for an 80-point per forward? Um, all right. So, Dusty's going to miss, what, two weeks? Maybe one. So, mm-hmm. that's not too bad. Buddy, it should even be on your field. And Dunkley's a big loss. Yeah. Okay. So, I think I would go – if you could trade – Graham for a 70 points um, per game forward. I think that's the best option because Simkin, you don't want to get rid of him because he's like sky's the limit. And then Drew for a 60 point forward. Who cares? Like, why would you even bother with that? So I think Jack Graham is probably a dime a dozen in the drafts each year. You know, 80 averaging mid, depending on how many you keep each year. I'd probably do that to get a 70 average forward in as a, as a stopgap until Dusty's back. Um, what do you think? Yeah, obviously, your midfield seems stronger if they're your. The, the guys you're throwing around. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like Simkin as a player. I do like Graham too, but he's just so yo-yo-y, especially while, um, you know, Cochin's still around the place. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably Jack Graham, I suppose. That's 70 point. If you're getting a 70 average from your worst forward or whatever, that's great. And that's, yeah. the, that's the kind of number you need to hit. So. Yeah, especially if it's a stopgap for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, Andrew Zanker wants to know, uh, Zanks from AFL Stats, mate, that is, um, how has Case dealt with the quick transition from rebuild mode to flag favourite in his home league? Hashtag Oracle. Uh, I'm loving it. That's nah, good. It's just finally all my, my finally, my patience is being delivered and, you know, no doubt I'll choke come August. Do you remember a few years ago when there was a guy who like looked unstoppable after uh, in 2018 after round I don't know after moving around 16 and then it all just fell apart when it came to finals? Is that me? No, no, it wasn't actually. Oh, cool. but everyone, there was a guy in our league that everyone thought would win, and then uh, Hef ended up beating him in the grand final. Yeah, you need your team to get hot at the end of the year, not mm. the start of the year. Mm. So I think your team's quite good, but there's a few good competitors in there. So yes. you've just got to make sure I'm not you're doing the right chickens thing. just yeah, yet. Yeah. Don't worry about that. But yeah. I'm excited that potentially I'm just, things are looking rosy. If you do win the flag, I'm just really not looking forward to uh, the ridicule compared to what I gave you in the first year of the podcast where I was sitting as premiership and I think I made you just look at the cup every week. I think I brought it to most podcast recordings actually. And I'm going to um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do a few things. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, he's cool. All right. He's calling it. He's going to win it, he reckons. Anyway, um, and then Harley Philp asks, what did Kays get up to on his honeymoon in Perth? Now, I don't know if this is a real personal question or if he's, he's implying there was a, you caused the lockdown. So, yeah. Oh, what, did you right? get up, what did you get uh, up to? Good question, Harley. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I don't believe I spread COVID around. Uh, what did I do? We had four days in Perth and about five days in Margaret River. Um, highly recommend. I think probably the top three things I loved were Rottnest Island is definitely worth going to. Go get your cocker selfie. That was good fun. Uh, beaches there are amazing too. Uh, Margaret River, um, awesome breweries like Wild Hop, Black Brewing, uh, some standouts down there. Um, Woodland Estate for wine was a fantastic experience. Um, 
as was um, lunch at Lewin Estate. So, look, Perth's awesome. It's uh, Everything's just done very well over there. So, if you haven't been over there, highly recommend it. But, uh, look, I abided by all the COVID safe rules. The last time I was there, I watched uh, Port get belted. I've mentioned this before. I watched Port get belted by Fremantle at Subiaco in 2015. So, I don't know. It didn't seem that great when I was go there, Go back to be and treat yourself to another trip. The new stadium is awesome as well. <laughs> okay. If you ever get a chance to go to the Optus All Stadium, right, it's sweet. So, Subiaco uh, just is etched into my mind as one of the most run-down, horrid places I've ever been Well, that's to. why they're just over in Burswood <laughs> next to the casino. So, All right. nice little walk across the crown after the game too. All right, cool. Anyways, that's a wrap. So, uh, thanks for listening to another week of the Keep League podcast. Uh, remember, um, check the links below um, for our social uh, links. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Keeper League Pod for those. There's links to membership stuff below as well. Please leave a review uh, to help us climb the charts. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Anything else on the back of that? Drink remedy and eat Zambreros. That's the best way to live life. Yep. Life motto. Anyway, <laughs> uh, cool. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. See you guys.